to the, the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Combating Woke Inc.'s takeover of sports. Red Pill Sports Podcast. Sports downright. All right, welcome to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. This is your host, Donnie Copeland, and we're just so thankful to have you tonight. And I uh, hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful week this first week of September. Hope everything is going well for you. Uh, the show is brought to you by Red River Auto, redriverauto.com. Singularly, the very best car dealership in America. Not only great deals on multiple types of cars, both new and used, but also, which I think is so, so very important, uh, they are patriots. In this era of woke corporations, Red River Auto stands out. And so I want you to get a hold, go online, Mitch Ward, uh, let him know that, hey, uh, Donnie Copeland over at Red Pill Sports Podcast sent you, and uh, they're going to take good care of you. No matter where you live, they're going to take care of you. You can buy a car from them just like you do with Carvana or one of these big companies where you buy online. Uh, I know I bought uh, at least one car. Uh, online and uh, sight unseen, had a great experience. Uh, this before I even knew of Red River. Uh, so next car that I buy, uh, I'll be looking at Red River Auto because they are uh, tops. Not only are they tops, uh, for those that may live in the service area, tops in sales, both new and used, but also they are tops in service. And uh, I, I've sent several people there and they just rave about the type of service that they receive. Everything from tires to oil changes, on and on. So Red River Auto, redriverauto.com, and uh, make sure that they know that we uh, sent you, okay? Uh, Also, uh, we are brought to you by MyPillow, MyPillow mypillow.com, and uh, don't forget to use that promo code RED. That is mypillow.com. Use the promo code RED. Uh, They have the new Giza uh, pillows, uh, I'm actually going to be ordering a couple of those, uh, the Giza Dream Sheets. Um, my wife uh, washed a, a set that we got from there the other night, put them on the bed, and so fresh, so nice, so soft, so cool. Uh, and uh, so you will you will absolutely love those, the Giza uh, Dream Sheets, and then also uh, their uh, slippers. And I'm not a slippers guy, but I love their slippers. They're, they're unlike anything I've had before because they're almost like a shoe. If you run to the store or something, you can wear them. They're real solid on the bottom. Super heavy, but super, super comfortable. So uh, redriverauto.com and then mypillow.com. Tonight, we are going to here at the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Been a busy weekend. Uh, I call it uh, Christmas time for, for big boys. And that is uh, the start of uh, especially college football, uh, but also for all of our uh, fans in the NFL space as well. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to go through uh, the games this last uh, weekend and kind of go through the top 25. Uh, Probably won't cover every single one of those. Kind of give you our, uh, our thoughts on... Uh, where teams may be headed, uh, both win and loss. Wasn't a lot of upsets, a couple of uh, pretty big ones, and we'll be talking about those as well. So uh, let's get started. Again, thank you so much for being a part 
of the uh, Red Pill Sports Podcast. Uh, you just make our day, and we appreciate you so very much. Uh, you you make it worth uh, doing this, and we are just so very, very thankful for you. Uh, so let's start off with uh, number one. Of course, Georgia is number one. I thought I thought uh, found it fascinating uh, that uh, one of the one of the news site or sports sites uh, had actually uh, had uh, Alabama at like sixty three percent chance of winning a national championship, and I think Georgia was like at thirty seven percent. Maybe that's because of the new having a new quarterback. But so does Alabama have a new quarterback. Also, Alabama has new coordinator, as does Georgia. Um, those teams are so unbelievably talented. Uh, and uh, last week was by far and large uh, kind of a you know teaser week because it was a lot of really good teams against a lot of really terrible teams, a lot of lopsided uh, games, a lot of Georgia's uh, game against UT Martin, which UT Martin in the past has upset. Remember, all oh, 15 years ago they upset Michigan on opening day. So they've had some – and I can't think of the other team – They've had two or three times. They've upset upset some pretty big teams, uh, but uh, Georgia, and Georgia has a cakewalk of a schedule. I think the only game they have that's even remotely competitive. I thought the South Carolina game would be competitive, but I'll tell you as we make our way through here why I don't see that uh, being competitive anymore. Uh, probably till they honestly till they get to maybe Kentucky if they even play Kentucky this year. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think till they get to the SEC championship game is probably the first time they'll really be tested, which can be good and bad. Uh, so Georgia just wipes the floor with UT Martin. They play Ball State uh, next week. So, uh, but that's that's every week for Georgia. I mean, it's, it's UT Martin, Ball State, and, you know, poor Sisters of the Blind. Uh, the uh, perennially overrated number two Michigan Wolverines beat it, uh, defeated East Carolina thirty to three. They play UNLV uh, this Sunday. I'm sorry, this Saturday. So they continue their cakewalk, uh, and then when they get in the Big Ten, uh, it'll be no different. Then there's uh, Alabama. Alabama played Middle Tennessee, demolished them 56-7. Had a lot of questions about uh, Jalen Milrow, their uh, sophomore now quarterback, and uh, I think he was the first uh, Alabama quarterback ever to throw for three touchdowns and rush for two more uh, in uh, his first actual start as the starting quarterback. Now they will play Texas. Uh, Texas played Rice. That game was fairly competitive. The first few, uh, uh, first few minutes, uh, kind of got away from Rice pretty quick. Uh, but they were, you know, was no talent. Uh, there was no match talent wise. Uh, so that that uh, Alabama Texas game still not sold on Texas. My boys are huge fans, and I like Texas. I like them a lot uh, when you know LSU's not playing them or or whatever. But uh, yeah, yeah, Robin. We'll get to Boomer sooner. I've got our producer on here talking about Boomer sooner. They'll probably win three games this year, uh, four. No, actually, they looked pretty, I mean, very good against a really terrible Arkansas State game, but uh, team. Uh, number four, Florida State. This one really hurts. No comment from you, Robin. 
their previous ranking was number eight. Now they're number four. Florida State Seminoles just totally destroyed LSU. Uh, at least I didn't see it coming. I had LSU winning that game 34-17. It was – I had the, about the right score, but the opposite uh, uh, opposite team, the wrong teams. Uh, wide receiver Keon Coleman, uh, transferred from Michigan State, scored three touchdowns, was just uh, – was really dominant uh, – Fascinating fact about Keon Coleman uh, that now plays for Florida State and Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell is doing a great job. His third year, Florida State. Florida State's been in the basement. But, you know, they're a great team under Bobby Bowden, and uh, he's he's really got them playing well. Uh, we'll see. We'll see as the uh, the season progresses. Was LSU that ter- just that terrible? Was Florida State that good? It's a little bit of both. Uh and so we'll talk about that. But uh, the interesting thing about Keon Coleman, the wide receiver, that caught three touchdowns, and plus their quarterback is is phenomenal, uh, Travis. Um, but uh, uh, Keon Coleman is from Opelousas, Louisiana, which if you know anything about Louisiana, you know anything about Opelousas, it's down around Lafayette. And uh, LSU doesn't lose players to, uh, that come out of Opelousas, but they – not only did they not uh, get Keon Coleman when he came out of Opelousa, Louisiana, and he went to Michigan State, they didn't even offer him. So he comes out of Opelousa, Louisiana, which is a hotbed of LSU recruiting, goes to Michigan State, is there for a while, then transfers to Florida State and uh, proceeds to light LSU up for three touchdowns. Six foot four uh, was lined up over there with a five foot nine uh, deuce. I uh, cannot think of Deuce's last name. The uh, Syracuse transfer to LSU got lit up. So I, I blame that on the coaches. You had a 6'2", 6'3", corner in Terrence Welch that was sitting over on the sidelines. And you had uh, – instead, you had Deuce lined up with Keon Coleman. So there you go. Uh, they faced Southern Miss on Sunday. So uh, I don't like Southern Miss – they're typically not that good. They'll have a good year every six or eight years. Um, probably last time they were – well, they've been good since then, but Brett Favre was their heyday when he played for Southern Miss. Uh, next is another perennial uh, overrated team is the number five Ohio State Buckeyes. They were previously ranked number three. Uh, struggled with Indiana a little bit. Indiana is a, you know, mid to lower tier Big Ten team. And they, they actually struggled with uh, Indiana a little bit. Uh, I, well, well, let me back up. I don't think they actually ever really struggled. But it was uh, it was not the, the runaway game. Ohio, Ohio State didn't look great. Uh, and they beat them 29 times in a row. So there you go. Uh, next week, Ohio State, as much like Michigan, they continue their really, really difficult schedule uh, where they will play Youngtown State. Uh, so there you go. Uh, number six is another team that the media absolutely loves. And uh, much like with Oregon, they will uh, hold on to the last moment until they lose another game about game fifth or six, which I believe they're going to lose to Oregon State in the Civil War this year. Uh, that game is called the Civil War, Oregon versus Oregon State. And uh, I think they'll lose that game. Oregon State looks really good. We'll talk about them here in a minute. Uh USC just dominated Nevada, 66-14. Uh, Caleb Williams uh, became the only 
It's only the third USC quarterback to have three career games of 300 yards passing, five touchdowns, zero interceptions against Nevada. Uh, bravo. Uh, next, they play Stanford, which Stanford's rebuilding after David Shaw. Uh, and, and David Shaw actually last three years just – I think the transfer portal, NIL, Stanford is kind of an Ivy League, West Coast Ivy League team. So they don't really get into NIL. They don't get into uh, the transfer portal that much. And so they're way behind and uh, at talent-wise, and it really showed the last three years of David Shaw's tenure there, which he was a great coach, followed Jim Harbaugh there when Jim Harbaugh left to go to the NFL. And uh, they are uh, they're really struggling, have been struggling, and continue to struggle. Uh, their coach, uh, let me think, came from Sacramento State uh, and, and really built Sacramento State uh, into a you know a really good team plays maybe in the Mountain West uh, or maybe the American uh, League uh, Conference and uh, uh, speaking of Sacramento State Mountain West I would say because it's so far west uh, and and did really well there uh, Stanford won Saturday but didn't look very impressive doing it. Uh, so I, I think they're, I mean, if they're ever going to come back, they're, they're several years away. Uh, next, number seven is Penn State, uh, Penn State Nittany Lions. That's what you get when you uh, combine Penn and Nittany, you get Pitney. Penn State Nittany Lions, uh, previously ranked number seven. They're still at number seven. Uh, kudos to them. They defeated West Virginia. West Virginia, uh, supposed to be a pretty decent team. Uh, and they just uh, boat raced them 38-15. Um, and so they played Delaware next, uh, Penn State does. Uh, Penn State has uh, is like Michigan and Ohio State. They have two or three max uh, competitive games a season till they get to the playoffs. And that's why a lot of these teams like Ohio State, Michigan, always uh, don't do very well. Notre Dame is another one. They don't do very well when they play on the bigger stage because they're – their uh, schedule is just uh, pathetic. Uh, so number eight is Washington Huskies. They actually look pretty good. Uh, Boise State looked pretty competitive. At first, you know, Boise State has been a very good team under Peterson, then under uh, – what was the coach of Auburn? Hart, uh, Hart, uh, Hartson? No. Uh, it'll, it'll come to me here in a minute. But uh, Boise State's kind of been down. They're not as good as they have been. Uh, and they they really put it on them, 56-19. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. didn't look quite as sharp in that game. That's quarterback for Washington Huskies. Uh, but they look pretty pretty physical, I think. Um, I, I think they are uh, the real deal, at least in the Pac-12, uh, for, for uh, while it still uh, exists. And they'll play Tulsa next this coming Saturday. Tennessee Volunteers. Uh, played, um, let's see, defeated Virginia. I think Virginia is one of those teams that's been down, trying to make their way back up. Tennessee has a new quarterback, uh, Joe Mixon. And uh, he, uh, uh, Josh Heupel, of course, came from Oklahoma, Robin. Josh Heupel, former quarterback at uh, Oklahoma. And uh, and so he then was at was what University of Central Florida, UCF maybe, or UFC, U, University of Florida Central. Uh, then came to uh, Rocky Top 
in uh, Tennessee, uh, Knoxville. And, uh, of course, they had a great year last year until quarterback was knocked out. And uh, and they are coming out looking looking pretty good. Play Austin P this uh, coming Saturday. So then number 10, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, NBC's favorite team of all time. Uh, they got super excited when they defeated Tennessee State 56-3. You'd, you'd think they won Super Bowl. Uh, Sam Hartman or the CFB Championship. Sam Hartman does look really good. I have to give him that. Uh, I think Freeman's a great uh, defensive mind. Uh, but uh, they played uh, Navy to begin the season. Now play Tennessee State. Uh, they played ten- in North Carolina State. And I look for Notre Dame to be Notre Dame and to struggle against a team that is even halfway decent uh, just because their their talent is just not uh, on par with uh, the teams in the AAC, in the Big 12, in the Big 10, uh, certainly in the SEC uh, that are in the top tier. Uh, so uh, North Carolina State is uh, – a decent team in the AAC, in the ACC, um, and so I think they're still in the ACC. It's, it's changed so much. Um, so I, I look for this to be a game. In fact, I wouldn't be shocked. And I haven't looked at <laughs> Robinson Notre Dame's things. Uh, yeah, Notre Dame's that team we love to hate. I've always detested Notre Dame uh, for some reason, um, and it's just you know. I don't know that you know the any team the media just fawns over. Uh, I I have a problem with. Uh, so I, I look for this and, and and you know Notre Dame. Hey, if they if they win and they went out, uh, you know, and go to the CFB and went out, I'll give them their due and say, hey, I was wrong. Uh, you know, I don't mind. I have to say it a lot, so I don't mind saying it. But I'm going to speak what I think, and I think they're overrated as normal. I don't think there's any way they're number ten team uh but they're like ohio state they're like michigan uh, you have to put them on tv well notre dame especially because they are an independent and they have a tv contract to be on tv every single saturday no matter who they're playing but i look for north carolina state to give them a very good game and would not be shocked whatsoever if north north carolina state uh gave them a game and even won the game uh and i don't even know i know north carolina state was really really good uh, there for two or three years. Uh, I know they lost their coach, and he, his his name, if I ever knew it, uh, escapes me. Uh, Longo, I want to say, but I could be wrong there. That may be two coaches ago. Uh, so, anyway, we'll see. Number 11, Texas Longhorns. Uh, they were originally or previously number 11. Uh, they beat Rice 37-10. Like I said, they did struggle a bit uh, that in, in that game. Uh, they play Alabama this Saturday. I really look for Alabama to win that game. Listen, if Texas beats Alabama in uh, Tuscaloosa, we will know that Texas is 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 on their way back. Now they played LSU really well last year. They played. They really played. Or year before last, played Alabama down to the wire and lost on a last second field goal. Uh, so let's see if Sarkeesian's got them. You know, got them all the way back. Uh, I know they've they've recruited well. Sarkeesian, Sarkeesian, Steve Sarkeesian is a great offensive mind. So we'll see. We'll see uh, where it lands. I'm going to go ahead and pick Alabama. Uh, 
pretty good in that one. Uh, the number 12 Utah Utes beat Florida uh, last week. Florida's pretty terrible. Uh, that's a that, that's a, a disaster. Uh, they defe- defeated Florida twenty four to eleven, and Utah really didn't didn't look that great. They were missing their starting quarterback. They were missing, I believe, their starting middle linebacker and maybe their uh, starting running back, and still uh, doubled up. Florida beat them twenty four to eleven. They play Baylor this coming week. Uh, the uh, another perennial. Uh, overrated team, the Oregon Ducks, and that's primarily because of Phil Knight and Nike and the hundreds of millions of dollars that he uh, spends at ESPN on advertising uh, and the media in general, so he's going to get the benefits, benefit of the doubt. They beat up on Portland State 81-7. to uh, Most points in Pac-12 opener since Cal scored 86 in 1991, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and they played Texas Tech, who lost to Wyoming this weekend. But I'm going to tell you something. Uh, Joey McGuire, the coach of uh, Texas Tech, formerly coach of uh, North Texas State, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, Wyoming's not bad. Texas Tech didn't play well at all. Uh you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised if Texas Tech doesn't give Oregon uh, a game. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens uh, in that game. So I, I look forward to that one. Uh, okay, number 14, the one and only LSU Tigers. And they got boat raced. I mean, they got embarrassed. Now, they were ahead, played really uh, well, played decent in the first uh, half. It was up 17-14 at halftime. Got outscored in the second half, 31 to seven. Several things I want to say about this: uh, they fell from number three or number five uh, all the way down to number 14, and pro- don't deserve to be number 14 after what the way they looked. Um, let's see. Um, let's see, uh, Brian Kelly fell to three and ten uh, in top ten matchups, giving him the fourth worst such mark of any coach in AP, AP poll era. Era, I didn't didn't know that. Uh, there's several things I want to say, and I'll only say this because I'm an LSU fan. Because a lot of most of you don't care. Only Robin, she really cares about LSU. Uh, and so, uh, and and all the Arkansas fans, they really really care about LSU a lot. Uh, is one thing, and it's, everybody's talking about it all over. Is what in the world were you doing uh, with probably? You wouldn't know it by the other day, uh, but what are you doing with Harold Perkins? Harold Perkins is playing middle linebacker. If you remember, Harold Perkins was the guy they lined up all over the place and just let him uh, find the ball. He's super fast, strong as an ox, just a freak athlete. They had him playing middle linebacker or maybe outside linebacker, and he just was lost. I mean, you hard, he did have five t- tackles, but he was he was nowhere to be found. Uh, I mean, they hardly ever called his name, other than just some, you know, tackles in the crowd. That was literally about it. Um, and then you had really good players sitting on the bench. Why, uh, young, really young. I'll, I'll give him that. Really young players sitting on the bench while older players, uh, transfers, and so forth were on the field and just stunk it up just were terrible. Uh, so 
Uh, I think what Brian Kelly's got to do, I think he's got to say, hey, forget about this pecking order. Forget about this. You're just a freshman. I think you got to put the best 11 offensive players on the field, just like you did with Emory Jones and Will Campbell last year at left tackle and right tackle. Uh, they had uh, they had their right uh, guard uh, last week, and he was just getting he was getting owned. Uh, Emory Jones had a decent game. Will Campbell had a phenomenal game. Uh, I think you got to you got to bring out those freshmen. Put your best players on the field. Uh, and if if it's you know seven freshmen, let seven freshmen play. So uh, they play Gramlin this week. Uh, you know Gramlin's going to be sky high. It's an in-state game. Gramlin's what two hours from Baton Rouge. Uh, they're a historic uh, HBCU team, uh, uh, but you know LSU should win by fifty. But the way they looked in that second half of that game. I mean, this game could be competitive. Who knows? Uh, I think if they will uh, start playing their best, just their best 11 on both sides of the ball, uh, get, you know, kind of let guys play. And and it, it looked real scripted, real like they were using a vanilla playbook in the second half. Uh, and then they didn't make very good adjustments. Uh, Florida State, they were really stopping Florida State in the first half. And second thing, uh, LSU just couldn't score. They had two opportunities. Uh, so gave up 14 points by not scoring at the one-yard line and then the four-yard line on third and fourth down, fourth and one, couldn't punch it in. Uh, then uh, fourth uh, on the three or four, couldn't punch it in. Uh, so uh, you know that's 14 points right there. Now you're up, you know, you're up by, instead of three points, you're up by 17 points. And uh, but anyway, so I, I think there's a lot of fundamental things that have to be done there. Some some uh, some some player development, not player development, but some maybe moving some players around. Uh, I think it can they can turn it around like they did last year. You know, lost the game to uh, Florida State beginning of the year, uh, and then went on to win the SEC West. I think that's possible. The way this team looked, I I, I don't have a lot of hope in that. I think they could lose easily to Ole Miss. I think they could lose to Mississippi State. I think they could even lose to Arkansas. I think they definitely could lose to Alabama. Uh, I mean, that they could lose five or six or more games. You know, A&M, uh, I, I think they could lose six or seven games and, uh, you know, end up being four and seven or, or, you know, five and seven, something like that. Or they could get this right, put the best 11 offense, defense, uh, put uh, Harold Perkins Jr. Uh, where he's most effective, uh, put the best players, uh, whether they're freshmen or not, at wide receiver, at cornerback, uh, at running back, where they're really, really – I think they had 47, 44 yards of rushing. They were really pathetic. Now, that's taking nothing away from Florida State. The way Florida State looked, and again, it may just be because – LSU's terrible, but the way Florida State looked, they looked the real deal. They looked like the real deal last year as well, and then lost two really uh, two games they really, really should have won. So a lot of times teams kind of can have, and, and Mike Norvell kind of, as a coach, has that. That's kind of been a, a running thing with him. You know, Memphis was really, really good, and they would lose. They would win games they shouldn't have won, then they would lose games they should have won. 
so we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Kansas State uh, Wildcats. Uh, I'm really impressed with them. Uh, their coach came from uh, North, North Dakota State. He was a perennial. I won several FCS uh, titles there. I believe it was North, uh, North Dakota State. Um, and uh, they were previously ranked 15th, now 16th. They played Southeastern Missouri, so who knows how good they really are. Won 45 nothing. They played Troy. Uh, Troy can, can be kind of a upset-minded team, but uh, they're not nearly as good as they were under their previous uh, coach. Then we get number 16, which is a team, I don't know, I've kind of grown to love them. I really, really uh, follow them because they play a lot of times late Saturday night. Uh, so if I get in late on Saturday night, I'll, I'll try to find Oregon State. And I just really, I really like their coach. I really like that team. You remember they got the um, uh, transfer from Clemson. And I cannot pronounce his name. It's a Nigerian name, the quarterback, Ogajalogalugilaga, something like that. Robin, I need you to pronounce that. Come on here and pronounce it for us. Uh, but uh, he threw, what, five touchdowns, I believe. Uh, and uh, probably first time in a long time, Oregon State's had a really, really talented quarterback. They look really good. They're really physical. Uh, they play UC Davis, so I don't think they'll have any problem there. Uh, beat Ohio, uh, or sorry, San Jose State, 42-17. So, uh, and I think, again, I think Oregon State will beat, I'm going to say it right here first, I think Oregon State beats uh, Oregon. Uh, and Oregon State's that team that nobody, they're up there in um, uh, uh, Corvallis, Corvallis, a beautiful, beautiful place. But nobody, you know, they're not the cool team like Oregon. Oregon's got Nike behind a Phil Knight. They got all the different uniforms. Uh, you know, Oregon State's the Beavers. They're they're more rural. Oregon State's the urban, really cool kids. Uh, uh, Oregon is. Oregon State's the the country bumpkins. They're the listless vessels. They are the deplorables. And uh, I, I like them. I, I like them a lot. I like to see them do really well. Uh, number 17, North Carolina Tar Heels, previously ranked 21st. Uh, Mac Brown just keeps doing it. Uh, first, uh, I believe he is the first uh, coach, if I remember right, to win 100 games at two different FBS teams. Mac Brown, Mac Brown of course, uh, won a national championship at Texas, uh, was a great coach there. Uh, went to North Carolina, was in TV for a while. Everybody said, you know, he's done for. He was on up in age and his late 60s, early 70s, took over the North Carolina Tar Heels, always recruited really great. And uh, they're, uh, I, I think they're the real deal. And they just put a spanking on Clemson. I mean, just spank their hiney good. They play Appalachian State. Uh, and Appalachian State may be the team, I think they are. I said UT Martin was a team that, uh, that upset Michigan here several years ago, but I believe it was Appalachian A State, Appalachian State. They're really a good team. So I think North Carolina uh, goes in there sleepwalking. I think Appalachian State can can shock them. Uh, Appalachian State has been a long time lower tier, but really really good football team. And you you better you better come prepared to to have a fight. You know you might outman them. You may be bigger than them. Uh, but you don't go in there sleepwalking because uh, they will they will definitely definitely 
upset you. Now we come to, uh, Robin, you read for this, number 18, previously ranked number 20. Uh, the uh, Boomer Sooners, Oklahoma Sooners, uh, beat Arkansas State uh, 73 nothing. Did you see the picture? <laughs> uh, I shouldn't be laughing. Butch Jones, Arkansas State, crying on the sideline. Uh, and Butch Jones, as you know, uh, was pretty decent at Cincinnati. I think so. I think Cincinnati uh, did fairly well, uh, very well, well enough that Tennessee brought him there and he just stunk the joint up. Uh, went somewhere else, stunk the joint up there. Now he's at Arkansas State and it has been a disaster. Arkansas State, actually, if you remember under Ron Hartman, that's who I was uh, trying to remember that coached Auburn. Uh, was at Boise State. If you remember, uh, Ryan Hartman went to Arkansas State and did really well there. So actually, where he made his bones was there. Uh, and uh, he has just been terrible at Arkansas State. I mean, they they look like Arkansas State of 20 years ago. And they had really come up playing a really, uh, you know, really exciting brand of football. And they are just, I mean, Horrible with a capital eight, 73 to zilch. Uh, so we'll see how good Oklahoma is. They play SMU. I don't look for SMU to give uh, Oklahoma much of a game, uh, but we'll see. So uh, Brett Venables, you know, nice guy. Seemed like a great guy. Great defensive mind. Isn't it fascinating? You'll see great defensive or offensive coordinators who get to be offensive or defensive, I mean, uh, head coaches and the, the very side of the ball that they uh, coached and were so good, uh, Clemson for years was just a defensive jog, jog, juggernaut, juggernaut, thank you, under Brent Venables. And then their defense was just horrible last year. And I, I don't understand that total. Maybe we can get somebody on here who can explain that to us. Uh, but, you know, um, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they're great. They've always had great talent. They've been a perennial uh, top-ranked team, always been very strong. It's really weird to see Oklahoma as bad as they were last year because uh, they're always really good. Uh, and I think the Big 12 is a better league, and, of course, the SEC will be a better league when they come in next year uh, if they're good, So they in Texas both. So we'll see. So uh, – It'll be fascinating to see, but anyway, they they just slam Arkansas State seventy three nothing, and then now they play SMU uh, in um, uh, next next Saturday. Then the Wisconsin Badgers, uh, who are going through, uh, are, are in the midst of a co- not a midst of coaching change, have a new coach, and uh, they beat Buffalo. They struggle a little bit. Uh, beat Buffalo thirty eight seventeen. Wisconsin's 501 yards of offense was the Badgers' most in a season opener since 2013. Uh, But they play Washington State, which is not – I don't think they're great this year. But uh, I think it'll be much more of a test for them. Wisconsin didn't look like the Wisconsin that that I've seen in the past. Uh, And so under Crist and under – when Aranda was there as defensive coordinator, speaking of Aranda, man, Baylor looked really pitiful this weekend. They're not even in the top 25. 
So anyway, Wisconsin plays Washington State. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, Ole Miss, uh, 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 another team that racked up 73 points. That's hard to do in football. So I don't care if you're playing a team uh, that's not that good, which they were in Mercer. Beat them 73-7, a sixth largest margin of victory in the school's history. Uh, Looks like they're going to be great offensively again. I don't know where they'll be defensively. Uh, but uh, look good. They played Tulane. I think that'll be a good game. Tulane is really, really playing well. You know, remember last year uh, they beat USC, which brought me in just uh, unspeakable joy uh, beating uh, Robin's favorite coach of all times. Uh, And so, and Caleb Williams so we'll see. Uh, Saturday at Tulane, Ole Miss Rebels be a good game. Uh, Blue uh, Duke Blue Devils, uh, they beat uh, Clemson. And this was uh, Mike Elko's, I believe, first game. Former uh, was he former defensive coordinator for A and M? No, was at uh, was at A and M. Went to uh, Clemson, uh, now at Duke, and uh, just put a beat down. Uh, on um, on Clemson, twenty eight to seven. Uh, Mike Elko is a former defensive coordinator, and, but their their defense looked like the real Duke, uh, deal. Uh, Duke's first win over a top team team since nineteen eighty nine. Uh, also, first time uh, against the Tigers since nineteen eighty nine. Duke will play Lafayette, uh, which will be shouldn't be. Now, here's probably the surprise. Maybe surprise is not the uh, – I was just – I was thrilled for some reason uh, for this game. I, I like Dion. A lot of people don't. He's very brash, very braggadocious. Not braggadocious. Uh, very confident. Uh, I'll put it that way. Uh, so, Colorado, uh, who had the most players that they brought in, the biggest turnover of anybody – when it came to the portal, uh, Dion said, we're coming, we're coming, we're, we're going to be good. Uh, had his son come in as quarterback, Shadur Sanders. Uh, had Hunter come from J- uh, Jackson State that he brought with him. He also brought Shiloh, his uh, his other son. A uh, lot, lot of transfers, a lot of good players. But it's hard to build that co- cohesiveness, we're told. But they sure did it. They beat a former uh, – CFB championship contender played in the title game last year against Georgia, uh, TCU, who was uh, number 17 at the time, uh, and beat them 45-42. to Wasn't much defense played in that game, uh, but uh, quite a game. Uh, Shadour Sanders had a Colorado record 510 passing yards, while Travis Hunter, the wide receiver, who plays, by the way, plays two-way like Dion did when he played, he plays uh, wide receiver and plays cornerback. Uh, first uh, FBS player in the 20 years with more than 100 receiving yards and an interception in a single game. Uh, and then part of the game of the week next week, well, other than Alabama and Texas, is Colorado will be hosting Nebraska. Nebraska, who lost uh, their season opener and uh, really had that game uh, won over Minnesota and just – Minnesota just won really ugly, but they won. Texas A&M, number 23. I think Texas A&M with Bob Petrino as offensive coordinator. Uh, 
they may they may make some noise this year. Uh, they're supremely talented, have a lot of talent, just always played beneath their talent. Uh, they're previously ranked 23. They're 23 this year, uh, I mean this week. Defeated New Mexico 52-10. to 10. Uh, uh, Connor Wegman, their QB, uh, first Indian player with five touchdowns uh, ever in a season opener. Uh, and then, but we'll see if they're the real deal because they play Miami uh, this Saturday. So it should be a, a great game. Then number twenty-four, we're going to wrap this up with uh, Tulane Green Wave uh, defeated South Alabama thirty-seven seventeen, uh, and they will be facing Ole Miss. And then last is Dabo Sweeney. You got to go on and look for the meme of Dabo Sweeney running down the tunnel. You know, it's a real steep tunnel that comes out of the locker room at Clemson. And he's running down. So he's running full sprint, you know. And it says that's uh, Dabo Sweeney running to Oregon State, Corvallis. Running to Corvallis, where Oregon State is, where his former quarterback is. Spreading to Corvallis to beg his former quarterback to come back. <laughs> so, uh, Clemson has a new... Um, as a new uh, offensive coordinator, and they looked terrible. There's another meme out there with a guy with a shirt on, and he's getting a shirt for Christmas. That's the exact same shirt that says, uh, this is Clemson unveiling their new offense, which looks like their old offense, both being uh, terrible. Uh, Clemson's seven points were their fewest against an unranked team in the Dabo Swinney era, uh, and they played Charleston Southern. Uh, so they may give them a chance to to uh, get back. Somebody asked, you know, why is why is yeah? Robin said that uh, uh, Brent Venables is full of himself. Oh, she's talking about uh, Dion. My bad. <laughs> uh, man, Robin is she is a hater, man. She is a boomer sooner. She is from the big city of Weatherford or close. Uh, Oklahoma. Um, somebody asked, said, how could Clemson just fall? I mean, the last two or three years, they've just, I mean, like they've just, well, if you if you notice that college football has changed dramatically over the last three years. NIL, the portal, all the trans, the new transfer rules, and what Dabo Sweeney has said is, I'm not, I'm not doing any of that. I'm not doing, I don't know if he's not doing NIL, but I'm not using the transfer portal. I'm going to high school. I'm getting high school players uh, and develop them. I'm not going out there and getting these guys that don't want to play for his previous team any longer. And, uh, you know, he's behind. And it, it takes you two or three years to develop a freshman, unless they're just unbelievable. It takes you two or three years to – uh, to develop that freshman. So when you refuse to do that, uh, somebody else says, you know what, uh, we'll go get Deion Sanders. I'm going to go get a guy that's a senior, played three years, four years. Uh, with the COVID, maybe played five. I saw where one player played seven years. Uh, and and so literally, you know, because you can have some redshirt years and so forth, but uh, the COVID, uh, so this guy literally, was, he's playing his seventh year. So you got Deion Sanders and other coaches going out there and getting guys that have played three or four years, had three or four years of experience, have made all the mistakes and starting them. And you got Dabo out here playing guys that are playing their second year or many of them playing their first year. And it's just, you know, it's not a level playing field. And at some point, Dabo 
Now, he may develop those guys. He may believe in himself that he can develop these guys. And, hey, it's going to take us two or three years of pain. We're going to be bad through the years. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to have more cohesiveness because our guys are coming in as freshmen and we're building them up. We're not bringing in these portal guys and then they're gone the next year because a lot of them are. They'll play one year. They're like mercenaries and they're going to the next uh, best thing. And whoever offers them, offers them the most money. And Dabo Swinney has said, I'm not doing that. And – he in the last two of the years, he's he's not been they've not been the Clemson people have been used to, and so at some point you either have to say, okay, this is the new reality, or uh, you know, and then is your fan base is your AD, you know, you got several championships. I mean, he's the he's the former, uh, you know, Georgia. Uh, I mean, they were the perennial. They beat Alabama, what, two different times in, uh, in a championship game. Uh, and so, you know, he was the – he's the former Kirby Smart. Now Kirby's the hottest, greatest thing. Oh, another thing about Kirby. Uh, man, what is the deal with the, with the vehicular incidents with Georgia? You've had uh, one, you know, fatal wreck with football players. You had another one where uh, a player was driving like 130 miles an hour. Now you got a coach that was uh, arrested or at least ticketed for driving over 100-something miles an hour. Uh, and so, I don't know, what is it? Is there not much to do in Athens? And they just go around driving fast? I, I don't – maybe Kirby needs to get, you know, build an arcade or uh, get something for those guys to do. But, man, uh, or take all the keys away and get everybody a bicycle. But, uh, Kirby, tighten up, man. Uh, so, we'll see about Clemson. Uh, that is the review. Uh, NFL football kicks off uh, the regular season this weekend. Uh, be interesting to see Aaron Rodgers and uh, these uh, Bryce Young and a lot of these new guys coming out. Um, so we'll we'll see how it goes down. I'm so thankful that you have chosen to spend. Uh, what has this been uh, with us? We've been on here now. Let's see, uh, a whole 46 minutes and seven seconds. And uh, you were kind enough to join us here on the Red Pill Sports Podcast. And uh, we're brought to you by RedRiverAuto.com and MyPillow.com. Don't forget to use that promo code RED. Thank you to our uh, awesome producer, Robin Hoffman of Boomer Sooner Nation. And uh, to all of you, make sure you share, like, and send us somebody and say, hey, listen to the Red Pill Sports Podcast. Follow us. On Twitter, you can follow me as well at Donnie Copeland uh, or at My Red Pill Sports. You also catch us on Facebook, uh, Facebook at Red Pill Sports. And uh, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Uh, until then, good night and good sports. Bye bye. By the Doc Washburn Show family of podcasts, a Yetcher Media Company.